Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. Hello, everybody. Would you be surprised if I said I might switch things up tonight? You probably wouldn't be too surprised. Yeah. That's right, right. Of course, if I didn't tell you that, you wouldn't know I was switching things up anyway. So uh, let's, let's pray. And Father, thank you once again that we get to journey with you tonight, that you get to uh, speak to us from your word. You get to impart into us by the Holy Spirit your truth. And we do ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would lead us to all truth tonight, uh, that we would understand your voice and your heart and your purposes and your will, and that we would surrender to all of that, that we would give ourselves over to that uh, joyfully, willingly, uh, sacrificially, that we would do whatever is necessary to be closer to you tonight and tomorrow and the day after and the day after and all the days of our life. We pray that you would impart that kind of hunger into us tonight, that we would not leave this place, oh, without a hunger burning in us for you, a deeper hunger. And Father, I pray that right now that you would uh, just fill me with your words. And that any words that come just from Jay, that you would just erase from everyone's memory. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you to, if you could, to remember something. I want you to recall a memory for me. And maybe this is a, a, a memory from long ago, or maybe this, is, this happened just this week. So, have you ever sat down to a meal, and you ate huge quantities of food? And after eating that huge amount of food, you still wanted more. That it was so tasty, that it was so, oh, so enticing, that you just, you, you were full, but you still wanted more. Do you recall a moment like that in your lives? You know, many moments in your lives? There's always room for something, right? Yeah. And at the end of one of those meals, one of those occasions, did someone ever ask you this question? Are you still hungry? Yeah, right? Where are you putting it? You know, but that whole question of, are you still hungry? What, you just ate all this food. How are, how are you still hungry? Uh, it might have been our parents. It might have been a, a friend. And, you know, just kidding us or whatever it was. I, I've certainly have heard that question. Are, are you still hungry? Why do you want to eat more food? Obviously, hunger is this, is this mechanism uh, that our body uses to tell us that we need food. I mean, that's an obvious thing that hunger does. It tells us, hey, you need food. You need energy. You need to put something into the tank. So we, we know that, that that is true. But usually, when we eat something, our, our hunger is at least temporarily satisfied. 
And yet I think there's times and there's occasions where it doesn't matter how full we feel, we, we, we still want more. We still want, we still want to stuff more in. As, you know, it was shouted out from here, you know, that there's always room for more. There's always room for dessert. There's always room for an entree. There's always room for coffee. There's always room for more because we're, we're just not satisfied yet. Just not satisfied yet. Are you still hungry? And I think sometimes the reasons why we're still hungry It's a physical thing. Maybe we're dehydrated. Do you know dehydration can make you hungry? Maybe we're on a diet. And the diet is making us crave probably our favorite food or something that we're trying to diet from. Certainly, your sleep patterns can make you hungry. If you don't get enough sleep, you could be hungrier because of it. And certainly, probably the number one cause of of, of needless hunger is boredom. We sit down, we're bored, and we'll just consume whatever bag is in front of us. Cookies, chips, candies, it doesn't matter. We're bored. We're just, we're just feeding it in because we, we feel, no matter how much we eat, we still feel hungry. It's interesting. I believe God is asking us tonight but maybe in a different way, asking the same question, but maybe in a different way, instead of saying, are you still hungry? Saying, are you still hungry? Are you still hungry for my presence? Are you still hungry for more of me? To know more about me? Are, are you still hungry about learning how, what it means to be a son and daughter in my kingdom? Does this still make you hungry? Does it still make you your appetite go and, and, and like without boundaries? Are you still hungry? I think Jesus is, is asking that question. And during my prep times, during this trying to figure out where we're heading in this sermon series, I, I mentioned last week that there was a prophetic word, and I didn't give it last week because it wasn't, it wasn't ready to give. And, but tonight I want to give it. And... It, it is a word that once you hear it, I, I think it's going to be really challenging to you. But it's a word that is more of a proclamation that, that God made. And, I, if, and if I had influence over the nation, I would give this prophecy to the nation. But I don't have that kind of influence. But I have influence here. So I do believe it's for bridge builders. I do believe it's beyond bridge builders. But I don't have that kind of influence. But I want to give it. And I want us to listen to these words. And then I'm hopefully I will, for the rest of this time together, I will try to, to explain what I think Father is saying in this word. And here's the word. Father says, I am leading you into a season of intense hunger. I am leading you into a season of intense hunger. Now, this word is 
not a punishment. It is not discipline, or it's going to evolve discipline. I really believe that this is a this is an invitation by God, because it is it will be still our choice to go along with Him, because the word is, I will lead you into a intense season of hunger. God's not sending us into an intense season of hunger. He is leading us. He is shepherding us into this season. And this wonderful God of ours who is generous and kind and cares about our character, who cares, cares about our maturity, who cares about producing sons and daughters that look just exactly like Jesus so that when we walk through whatever we're walking through, uh, people don't see how we're performing. They see Jesus living in us. And so after I heard, and, I, and the reason why I didn't give it this week is because God gave me something to it this morning, down by the river, of course, where I was. And he gave me some descriptors of what he thinks hunger is. And so here they are. He said, Jay, hunger is desperation. Hunger is desperation. When, when you're so hungry, you're so famished that nothing else will fill you but him himself. He said, Jay, hunger is desperation. He also said, hunger is dependence. And, and, and this means that I am going to humble myself to this God. And I'm, I am going to allow him to lead me into this season of, of intense hunger because I'm, I'm dependent on him. And, and I need to grow more desperate and more dependent on him. And then he said, Jay, hunger is not tame. Have you ever been so hungry that you just get a little wild and a little crazy? He said, hunger is fierce. This is the kind of hunger I want to birth in you, that, that it's fierce. He said, also, Jay, hunger is, hunger is focused on getting what it needs. Hunger is focused on getting what it needs. When I'm hungry, I plot the shortest distance between me and the refrigerator. I'm focused on getting what I need. I'm focused on getting what I need because my hunger is driving me. And here's another one. I said, Jay, hunger can change your direction. Where you're headed. Hunger can give you a new way of walking with him. It can change your direction. Positive ways, negative ways. Hunger, because that's because hunger has great drawing power. Hunger can move you, and that's why we must hunger for the right food. For the right connection. We, might, we must understand the purpose behind our hunger. 
It's just not hunger for hunger's sake. It's hungry for a purpose. And that is to be closer, knitted, connected, one with this God who loves us just as desperately. Hunger has great drawing power. So if you don't mind, let's go to Psalm 63, because I'm, I, there is a lot in this that I think answers these wonderful things. This Psalm 63, for the past few months, has been a challenge to me. And not necessarily for this sermon series, but because of the journey that I am since Christine passed away. Psalm 63. I will be honest and transparent with you like I always try to be. In the seven months that I've been on this journey, I have not been too hungry for God. Many times I've been upset with God. Working out things between me and God. So I consistently come back to Psalm 63 and it challenges me on so many levels. And, I, and so I want to challenge you with it. In light of this word. That God is leading us into a, a season of intense hunger. But he's leading us. Verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. The message translation puts it this way. God... You're my God. I can't get enough for you. I've worked up such a hunger and thirst for you traveling across this, this dry and weary desert. You know, normally there's not much in the wilderness as far as resources. There's no rest stops. And time in the wilderness will stir up your hunger will make you thirsty. And certainly in the wilderness that I've been walking through and walking in, I think God has been trying to get me hungry again in a way that I need to be. That's necessary for my own personal survival. But I love David... I just love how he dives in here. And, and, and I, I love the fact that he understands that time in the wilderness will stir your hunger. And, and the things that we lack and the things that we desire, they, they direct our hunger, don't, don't they? The things we want, the things that we desire, they, they seem to move our hunger. And God is saying, no, I want the hunger to move you. See, not your desires, not your wants, so I, I, that's why I'm going to lead you into a, a season of intense hunger. So it's no longer controlled by your wants or your desires. But the direction is controlled by me. And I, and I think this, this whole verse, this whole uh, chapter speaks to this. And, but I love David's response here. He starts off with a humble declaration. He says, God, you're my God. There, he's in the wilderness. 
And most of the time when David's in the wilderness, he's fleeing for his life. His life is in danger. And so he goes to the safety of the wilderness. He's, he's there, and he, but he's, he's saying, God, you're my God. To stay hungry for God, to stay hungry for God, to answer that question, are, are, are you still hungry? You've got to be humble. You've got to know who God is. You've got you, you to know that he's God and, and you're not. We've we got to understand that he's our God. He, he, he makes it up close and personal with us that we can actually say, not just, oh God, we can say, you're my God and you're with me right here in the middle of this wilderness where there's no resources, there's no water, it's dry, it's weary, but you're right here with me. Someone say hallelujah through your mask because, man, this is really good stuff. Come on now. See, here's the thing about staying hungry and staying humble at the same time. It means that we accept the provision given, not necessarily the one that we ask for. Because often they don't line up. See, when you're humble, you accept the provision that God gives you even if it's not the answer that you wanted. See, that's trust. But to trust in that way takes great humility. Crying out, saying, God, you're my God. You're with me. You're with me. Are you with me right so far? Okay. okay. David says, I earnestly seek. The Hebrew word here means to, to be up early and painstakingly search for something. That, that you're not resting. That you get up as early as you can so that you can find what you're looking for. I earnestly seek. I'm up early. I am diligently. I'm purposefully. I am searching for... And he said, here's this, and here's the point. What is he searching for? He's searching for God. And he's, he, and he's getting up as early as he possibly can. To, to earnestly, to purposely, to just, I'm just, I gotta find you. There's, there's no rest here until he finds God. That's, that's what these words mean. That it, that it's just, he can't help but get up early and do this. He, you know, he can't sleep in. He can't. He's gotta do this. This is the, this is the hunger and the intent at, uh, that these words conjure up as we, as we read them. He says, my soul. Now here's a very interesting thing about the Hebrew. We translate that as soul in the English. But it's not, they're not talking about the soul. They're talking about the throat. They're talking about the appetite. They're talking about what the, that Hebrew word means that I'm a human being. So everything about me, my passions, my desires, my humanness, uh, when I stand before God, I am naked. I am exposed. I am barren because I'm in a wilderness. He's saying, hey, this, everything that I am, my flesh, my entire being, everything that makes me, me, it, it thirsts for you. It thirsts for you. In the Hebrew word there, it means I suffer for it. I am so thirsty. 
I can't wait to get a drink of water. I can't wait to get that refreshment. I am suffering because of it. I am so thirsty for you, God, that it hurts. That it hurts. And I faint because of it. I long for it. The Hebrew word means I long. I pine. Similar to the Greek, you know, I pine for you. It means there isn't a part of me that doesn't want to be with you. I can't, I can't resist this longing. I, I am overwhelmed with longing for you. This is what David is crying out here. He's in a desert. He's in a wilderness. There are no resources that he can draw from. But he's saying, more than water, more than food, I want to be with you because that's my refreshment. Someone say hello. I, I read this, and I read this over and over ago, and I, I, this, this, this question that has, I don't want to say haunted, this question that has bugged me for years. And I ask myself continuously, when was the last time I fainted for God? That I was so overwhelmed with His presence, that I just lost it. and fell at His face. I fell on my face. This is, this is the kind of experience that David is saying here. He says, you know what? Man, I am overcome by my thirst and hunger for you. My flesh, everything that makes me me, wants to be with you. Wants to be with my God. This is a desperation. Nothing else would do. David is saying, I've been humbled and now I desire something more than just food and water. I want you more. My hunger has sent me in a direction. It is focused on what it truly needs and there's nothing tame about it. It's wild. It's undomesticated. And it's seeking a solution that can only be found in my, my God. Not just God. My God. It is very personal with David. It's very personal with David. And I appreciate David so, so very much. So very much. He's saying, you know, I don't care how long I've been in this wilderness. I don't care if I'm ever going to get out of this wilderness. I don't need to get out of this wilderness as long as I have you. And that is a hard thing to say. It is a very hard thing to say. I desperately want out of my wilderness. I want to escape it. I want to leave it behind. But God has me here for a reason. And I'm going to accept that reason. Even though I don't understand it. Verses 2 through 8 say this. I love David's heart again. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary. And that, and that word means sacred place. What is the most sacred place we can be? In His presence. Right? It's not here. Although He's here. It's in His presence. Wherever we are. When, whatever's going on. To be in the sacred place. To be in His presence. So I looked upon you in the sanctuary, the sacred place, beholding your power and your glory because your steadfast love is better than what? 
life. Life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied. That word satisfying means filled to satisfaction. Filled to satisfaction. Remember what we said last week? You know, what fills you, forms you. What you consume, forms you. David is saying, oh my goodness, my soul is going to be satisfied because it's going to be filled with you. As with fit, uh, fat and rich foods. And those two words mean the choices, parts, and the abundance of them. So he's not just getting fat, he's getting fat a lot on, on the presence of God. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember when I remember you upon my bed. That word remember means to earnestly mark it down. David is talking about a journal here. He's marking it down. This psalm, he's, he's talking about, I am, I am going to intently remember what you are, who you are, what you've done, what you promised to do. And it doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of a wilderness or not, because I'm with you. I'm in a sacred place. I'm going to, I'm going to earnestly mark this as I rest on my bed, as I meditate you on the watches of the night. For you have been my help. And in the shadows of your wing, I will sing for joy. The shadows of his wings sometimes is a military term in the Hebrew. It doesn't mean that God's a great big eagle or chicken or whatever. It is a military picture that that we're under the protection of a mighty God. It's a military picture. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings. This is so cool. That word means that I'm running up to you, and I'm catching you, and I'm not letting go. My soul, everything that I am, again, my heart, my mind, my spirit, my flesh, my opinions, my, my, the, my dreams, my everything. Everything that makes JJ runs up to God, catches him, clings to him, and doesn't let go. My soul clings to you, and your right hand upholds me. And that means your right hand helps me stay close now that you've got me. Now that you've got me. You can say amen a few times there. You can. God is leading us to a, to a season of intense hunger. I want to read it from the message translation again, that same group of verses. Because I just love how it sounds. So here I am in the place of worship. Eyes open. Drinking in your strength and glory. In your generous love, I am really living at last. My lips brim praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. Can you just imagine that? Praising God every breath that you take. My arms wave like banners of praise to you. I eat my fill of prime rib and gravy. I smack my lips. And what it's time for? It's time to shout praises. If I'm sleepless at midnight, I spend the hours in grateful reflection. 
Because you have always stood up for me. I am free to run and play. I hold on to you for dear life. And you hold me steady as a post. It's beautiful. And this is where God said to me, hunger is one more thing, Jay. Hunger is worship. Hunger is worship. See, when we're famished for God, <laughs> we're desperate. We're, we're so desperate for Him that we will, we, will, <laughs> we will climb anything, any barrier. We will go through anything just to be with Him, just to see Him, to be in His presence. Hunger is desperation. Hunger is dependence. Hunger is not tame. Hunger is focus. Hunger can change your direction. And finally, hunger is worship. And God asks again, are you still hungry for me? Are you still hungry for me? Just like with a regular diet, you know, there are things that will mess with those diets. Things that try to break our diets. And there are things in this life that will mess with your hunger for God. And these cares of the world, fear, doubt, pain, misery, grief, name it, fill in the blank, these are appetite suppressors. They, they suppress our appetite for God. They can mess with our hunger for God. So I'm going to give you some homework. I haven't given you homework in a long time, except for men of BAM, they often get some homework. I want you to do, spend some time in earnest reflection this week. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, are there any appetite suppressors in my life? And if there's one or two or ten, I would like you to send them to me during the week, before Sunday. Because I have something planned for Sunday. I've been planning this for a few weeks. But I need these appetite suppressors. I can come up with them on my own, but that wouldn't be as much fun. So that's what I would like you to do. And I think in that exploration of your heart, the Holy Spirit is not just going to drop those things in. He's going to make you hungry. You see, because we're verbalizing the things that are distracting us. And we need to speak them out. And then we need to speak God's truth to them. So the other part of your homework, which I don't necessarily want you to send me, is whatever appetite suppressor that the Holy Spirit stirs up, I want you to find a scripture verse that speaks to that. Find something in the Word of God that speaks to that particular appetite suppressor. You can share it with me, but I'm not going to use those. I want the appetite suppressors because I have something planned. I'm not going to tell you. Think you can do that? The other part, the last part of the, of the word was this. I heard God say, please be hungry because I got so much more for you. See, this is why I think it's not a punishment that God is going to lead us into a season of intense hunger. 
It's because He has so much more for us. So I'm saying, oh, please be hungry. You have no idea what I have prepared for you. But you know I'm good. And I want you to cry out and say, God, my God, what do you have for me? What do you have prepared for me? Because I know it's good.